From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike. This is Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for downloading this as I'm recording it the Wednesday before Christmas. Hopefully uh, you get to do what you need to do this upcoming holiday and do it safely. Uh, some pretty intense weather barreling down on uh, these here United States. Uh, where I'm at right now, northeastern Indiana, winter storm warning in effect. Uh, we've got some bad weather pushing through in about 18 hours. A lot of the snow, we're only going to get like 3 or 4 inches of snow uh, from what it looks like. But the wind's going to be like 50 miles an hour. So they're talking like blizzard-like conditions. Michigan's going to get dumped on uh, from the looks of things. But uh, hopefully you can get to Grandma's house with no complications. And if you have to delay something... Well, you got to. Looks pretty dangerous. Uh, just a quick reminder, uh, coming up this weekend, uh, this will probably drop Saturday night, uh, part one of two of my year in review when it comes to rock music. Uh, me and uh, Steve Ranazazzi, uh, Ranazazzi, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was trying to fight off a yawn there. Uh, we sat down recently, recorded uh, an hour-long conversation, just a couple buddies talking about rock music and uh, the state of things in general. Uh, broke it up into two parts. First part will be, uh, well, each part's going to be half an hour. Uh, the first episode drops Christmas weekend, and the second one will drop New Year's weekend, so you can digest it uh, a little better. Because, you know, it, it's a, it, I didn't want to, like, take anything out of the conversation, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, they got everybody's got lives to live. Uh, so, again, part one coming up Christmas Eve, and part two dropping New Year's Eve. Uh, a couple quick RIPs. Uh, one uh, this morning, the legendary running back Franco Harris of the uh, Steel Curtain era of the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the 70s. Great running back, uh, known for his uh, contribution to the Immaculate con uh, Interception. Or the Imma Immaculate Reception, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it was the Immaculate Conception. I got Christmas on the brain, but uh, a miraculous play that helped out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big cog in that machine, and I know a lot of Steeler fans uh, crying, crying in their terrible towels, and, and understandably so, because the guy was a legend. So, uh, again, condolences to him, his family, as it is. And Tom Browning, uh, former pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, found dead in his Kentucky home at the age of 62. Uh, All-star, part of a World Series team back in uh, the early 90s. And uh, he threw one of the few perfect games ever thrown in Major League Baseball. And uh, I think he never even got above uh, ball two when pitching this game. And my dad remembers this game fondly. He loved that game. He says it's probably the best game he's seen anybody pitch on television. Um, and Tom Brown, he did it. And he was also the guy that uh, partied with Cubs fans across the street from Wrigley Field that one time. I think everybody remembers that. But uh, condolences to his family. Quite a character. All right. Um, giving myself a homework assignment. I, uh, Sunday night, my wife and I sat down and watched the first episode of The Offer on Paramount Plus, uh, which is, uh, you know, the making of The Godfather. It's a miniseries. Uh, I have yet to watch another episode uh, just because of some things. Um, mostly because, uh, what was it, Monday night, I was editing the uh, Year in Rock episodes, getting them down to uh, digestible bites. Uh, last night I just fell asleep, 
and uh, the boy actually left his room and fell asleep in my lap. We were on the recliner both, just zonked. So uh, I, I was going to do it after this podcast, but my young daughter Hazel is up watching uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on the couch. I don't think it's appropriate for me to break out uh, a show about the making of the Godfather, especially when you know there's F-bombs flying. So don't worry. I think by uh, this time next week, I should have a pretty good review, but uh, just kind of cross-promote, tie in some stuff. Uh, do talk about a Frank Zappa interview in the upcoming year in Rock, uh, which will drop this weekend. And again, I can't help but cross-promote. It's, uh, it's in my blood. Thank you, former profession. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's something that kind of ties into the offer and how I can tie that into movies. So... Uh, Watch more of the offer, and then uh, you know talk more about it next week, and maybe give us a glimpse as to why movies are sucking. All right, as uh, as I alluded to, winter apocalypse update. Uh, winter storm warning for northeastern Indiana. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, um, I'm, I'm a little more nervous about the wind because again, I don't think we're gonna get all that much snow where we're at. Uh, but they're talking like 50 mile an hour wind gusts, and like uh, some places I've seen like. In a span of a half an hour, a 40-degree temperature drop. So when this thing barrels through tomorrow night, uh, it's going to suck, and I won't be at work. So uh, getting home might be tricky, but they're talking about flash freezing after a bunch of rain, so it's going to be slick. I'm sure power lines are going to get a little heavy, and when you get that wind going, oh, man, could make Christmas a little um, interesting. Uh, uh, maybe give you an update on that next week, because, again, I got... Uh, uh, things in the can, and I don't want to be doing anything uh, podcast-related for Christmas. Uh, I will be cursing at the television Monday night, Colts and Chargers. Colts are just historically bad right now. I don't think, I mean, 4-9-1 four, four, and one is a pretty bad record, but I think that uh, it doesn't do it justice how bad this team is, especially after the last two games, but uh, they have benched Matt Ryan again. Nick Foles takes the reins, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird that, you know, a guy like him who was a Super Bowl, I think he was a Super Bowl MVP, or he was a big part of that Eagles team that won it, uh, how he didn't get a chance to quarterback, and Sam Ellinger did. Um, but uh, if uh, this tells me anything, with three different starting quarterbacks, uh, in this season, uh, hopefully this tells me that neither one, none of these guys are starting next season. But it's it, pretty bad, and uh, coaching pretty bad. You know, and it, it kind of makes me question things about Jim Mercy. Like, how is it possible that this dude actually owned a team that back uh, back 15 years ago won a Super Bowl? And the answer is there's quite a few bad owners out there. Uh, there was a memo that went out at the recent NFL owners meeting where in the last five years, NFL franchises combined spent $800 million on coaches. You know, and there's some guys that got straight up canned. They were so bad. Uh, you know, to kind of give you a glimpse as to how bad the cold situation is, the you know, Frank Reich... Uh, he was he was fired. Uh, they owe him nine million dollars a year up through twenty twenty six. He's gonna be making his money, and then they went out of their way to hire an interim coach. 
just throwing money away. But again, the Colts are not the only franchise that's doing this. Well, they're the only one that hired a high, that interim coach. But a lot of NFL franchises are pretty bad at this whole coaching thing. It's like it's like these owners with all this money don't know how to you know make money, make good decisions. Interesting. Um, and we all know that T- Mayor Tom Henry didn't make any good decisions. Uh, for those who don't under- know who he is, uh, he's the mayor here in Fort Wayne. He wants to run for, I think, what, a fifth term. He's in his 70s, so it's kind of hard for him to walk away from uh, political office, right? Uh, back a couple months ago, he got popped for being popped. He blew a .15 after wrecking a city-owned vehicle with his wife in the car, who's got cancer, by the way. And uh, almost hit another uh, another motorist, and then the body camera footage came on. It uh, was available what late last week, and he was pretty much threatening cops. You know, taking down their names. Oh, I'm not going to forget this. That sort of thing. You know, something that somebody who can't let go of power would say to anybody. And pretty pretty bad when it's a public servant. Well, um, he has uh, canceled. Canceled all of his year-end interviews with the local media here in Fort Wayne. That'd be uh, 21 Alive, Wayne TV, WFFT. Um, you know, usually at the end of the year, you know, governors and mayors, they like to sit down with uh, a whole bunch of reporters one-on-one time, kind of giving a year in review, kind of a state of the city, state of the state type of thing. And Mayor Henry's been doing this for like ever, but uh, he, I guess, canceled all of his appointments with these reporters and when asked um, and again this is all through a representative and when asked when uh, he could reschedule uh, the representative at least told Wayne Television uh, that uh, it doesn't look likely that's going to happen so he's being kind of a spoil sport about all this stuff and I don't think he wants to take any direct questioning about uh, this body cam footage it looks pretty bad uh, you know considering that he doesn't want to own up to this anymore um, but he's already got like a, a political point opponent out there uh, who wants to run for mayor asking for the uncensored video like the whole video in total because we only got like the snippets and uh, you know the snippets play a little better on the internet but uh, I'm not sure what else he would have said to them and I'm sure if anything was cut out it only make it look worse so he ain't talking um, talk of the movie theaters right now Avatar, Way of the Water, uh, you know, Dances with Smurfs, um, not quite making the money that it thought it would at the box office. I mean, it's it's leading. It's what it's doing right now. Um, but they're talking about how it's a word-of-mouth movie. I think I alluded to this last episode. A word-of-mouth movie. You know this movie that's a sequel to one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. Uh, be a word-of-mouth to get people to come in and watch it, you know, like it's an art house flick. Well, I, you know, I forgot that there is a kids movie that's coming out this weekend, Christmas weekend, and that would be uh, Puss in Boots, the the Final Wish, the Ninth Wish, the you know, the Way of the Water Wish. Um, but basically, it's a sequel to a spinoff of Shrek. Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek is in it. Um, and I, you know, I kind of saw that it's getting some decentish reviews, and I'm wondering. Head to head, how much damage would that do to Avatar? Now, chances are Avatar still wins, but uh, the word around the campfire is that it has to like make a whole lot of money to break even. I mean, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but you know, some people are suggesting that it has to 
it has to hit two billion to break even. And if that's the case, uh, whatever studio greenlined that, uh, you know, Disney twentieth century, would be looking pretty dumb. And given some of the Disney's woes this past year, uh, <laughs> uh, so I put on the Facebook page, uh, the Mike Davidson Facebook page, kind of an impromptu uh, poll. Okay, if you had two hundred dollars and a bunch of you know kids or grandkids to take to the theater, what would you go see? Avatar two or Puss in Boots? And uh, the clear winner was uh, the, you know, the smart-ass answers. Thanks, guys. Um, like, you know, seriously, I'm just so apathetic toward Avatar. I mean, and if I was going to take my kids out to a theater, which I won't this weekend because the temperature's going to be too, uh, it would probably be, you know, the cat with the sword because who doesn't like seeing sword play from a, a feline? And that, you know, it's just something fun, not something that's going to hit you over the head with messages left and right. Um... But I, I, if it, if Puss in Boots though, did take a chunk out of Avatar's uh, uh, box office haul this weekend, I'm wondering would would Hollywood finally learn its lesson here? And the answer would probably be no. They're still going to make crap. Okay, um, Elon Musk's making some crappy decisions. I mean, I, I don't think I would ever consider myself an Elon bro or a Musk bro or whatever the hell his fan base is. There are things he does that I like, and there are some things that he does that I'm not a big fan of. Um, and I've said this time and time and again, I don't have a problem with him owning Twitter because uh, the old regime wasn't all that great to begin with anyway. Um, but uh, Monday night, he put out a poll, I believe, saying, yes or no, should I step down as CEO of Twitter? And I think it was like 57% said, step down. And now he's kind of walking it back a little bit, like, oh, he's just doing this to test bots, see who would respond to something like this, uh, which seems like a very weird, elaborate way of doing so. And then he says, oh, when I find somebody crazy enough to take the CEO gig, I will step down. But even if he steps down, he's still going to be the owner. It's not like he's going to go away. He just won't be his hands-on. But, again, this looks bad optically, because, you know, here's a guy who's a billionaire, one of the biggest, you know, names on the planet. And he's letting his own fate being decided by uh, by Twitter users. And I'm not even thinking about the bots. I'm just thinking about the day-to-day -day people on uh, social media that are smart asses. And they get a chance to, you know, take it and, you know, dig into Elon. It was almost like he was asking for it. A little bit of a head-scratcher there. Um, so he's dealing with that. Um... England is dealing with something that I find a little bit um, a little bit scary here. I guess their their nurses and their ambulance drivers are on strike, and you know during the holidays too. Yeah, it's a little nerve wracking. And I think somebody uh, from the the health ministry over there says, "Whatever you do, don't don't play contact sports, high contact sports. Whatever you do, don't do anything." That would require, you know, an immediate response from the ambulances because right now they got like uh, armed armed guards, armed forces types, uh, you know, kind of filling in, trying to make it work. And you know, my hats off to them for doing so. But um, it's yeah. How how do you stop living day to day because of an ambulance strike? And, you know, it's the holidays. People are going to be fighting. You know that's going to happen. And booze is involved. And a lot of times, you know, people are going to be drinking. 
how is this not a bigger disaster than it already is? Um, I don't think uh, I don't think we have anything like that uh, here in the United States. I know that there are unions for like cops and stuff and firefighter unions, but I don't I never I can't remember any time that police officers or firefighters have gone on strike because of less than ideal conditions. No, nothing like pops out at me on this. I know that there's been like this whole thing with the, the railroads um, here stateside where, you know, they threaten and, you know, oh, they're going to strike. No, they're not. Oh, no, they're going to strike. And it's been going on this past year. Um, I, I couldn't imagine ambulance drivers just going on strike here. And given some of the dumb things that uh, we Americans do on occasion, uh, uh, that would be asking for trouble. I yeah, yeah. So that's that's going on over in England. If you want to take a look at that, that's on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. All right. Now, uh, devoting a little bit more time to this because it is the holiday season, and toward the end of the year, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, there is, but there isn't, right? Uh, that was my experience being in radio. It's like if I had to prepare for a show around Christmas or New Year's time, there wouldn't be a whole lot for me to talk about because, well, you know, all the news agencies put out their urine review lists and all that other garbage. Um, but I was kind of um, inspired by a story that's on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Um, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You has been voted the worst Christmas song of all time, at least according to the Daily Mail, which I find kind of weird. I mean, I, this song, it's like, what? It's 30-something years old. It's three decades old. I remember when it came out, when I was in 6th or 7th grade, it was on one of those uh, Christmas compilation CDs that my parents bought. I and mean, we would play on the CD player, and it sounded all right. And I didn't give it... Oh, one thought one way or another. I'd just be like, okay, it's Mariah Carey. Uh, but it just sort of ballooned and exploded into this own little thing. And it's been like this for 30 years now. And um, she's now the queen of Christmas. And now it's on in every department store. Hell, it was on in Kroger when I walked in a couple mornings back to get eggs. Um... <laughs> But it's it's like it's become its own thing, and I think it's become trendy to hate this song, kind of like uh, Nickelback and uh, Tyler Perry. Thing is, is like everybody's like, oh, T Tyler Perry movie sucks. They, you know, it, nobody watches these things, and the dude's worth damn near a billion, if not over a billion dollars. Oh, Nickelback sucks. Nobody likes them. Nickelback uh, still together after like what twenty five years. And still playing in some pretty big arenas and still selling pretty damn well. And uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Just looking on Spotify. 1.3 billion with a B listens and downloads. That's just Spotify. That doesn't include Pandora. It doesn't uh, include radio play. It doesn't include YouTube videos. It doesn't include... Yo, spins on somebody's CD player. There's a lot of haters out there running their mouth about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. You know, and I, you know, if you're a retail worker, okay, I get it, because you hear that all the time, but then again, you hear all the Christmas songs all the time. 
And, you know, when you get in your car, the last thing you want to listen to is Christmas music. I get that. All right, but but the whole Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you being the worst Christmas song of all time. Not buying it. I'm not a super Mariah Carey fan, but it just, I know garbage when I hear it, and there are worse songs than that. So the homework assignment I gave myself a couple days ago was um, <clears throat> what I perceived to be the 10 worst Christmas songs of all time. And I really gave it some thought. And if it pisses you off, some of these entries on uh, on the list, I don't care. But these are 10 songs that I think that are worse than Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. Are you ready? Are you ready to be offended? Are you ready to clutch your pearls? Here we go. Okay, uh, number 10, The Christmas Shoes by New Song. Now, I, I want to stop anybody from, like, flaming me about how that's anti-Christian for me to say. Yes, it's a song by a Christian band. Um, and, and I don't want anybody to think I'm making light of somebody fighting a terrible disease or fighting for their life. But the song is basically about a kid getting shoes for his dying mom so she could, you know, look nice in heaven. It's a nice sentiment. But when you hear this at a family gathering or you're, you're with friends, it kind of brings down the room just a tad. You know what I mean? It, it kind of kind of kills the festivities a little bit. So yeah, it's it's not one you want to hear. But uh, fret not, I found nine songs worse than that, and number nine would be "Fairy Tale of New York" by the Pogues. And I'm probably going to get flamed by a bunch of hipsters. Basically, all you need to know about this song is um, it's it's for people who hate Christmas. It's it's oh this is the trendy song this is the song you like if you hate all Christmas songs and you find the holiday season to be cheery although uh, I, I will say this there have been like edited versions of the song out in the United Kingdom like uh, BBC and everything they take out some words like slut and uh, a word that begins with F and rhymes with maggot uh, I'm not a big fan of censorship but I, I doubt that these people are um, anti-feminist and I you know homophobic I think that those those lyrics were basically in there for to make a point so there you have it that's the number nine number eight on my fantastic list wham's last Christmas all I know is anytime I hear wham I think back to what Pat Moore uh, somebody I used to work with in radio down in Marion said to me one time I hate wham I don't know, it just stuck with me. Alright, uh, number seven on the list. Dan Fogelberg, Same Old Lang Syne. And basically, this is a post-holiday song about a dude who finds his ex-girlfriend at a grocery store. They sit out in a car and they drink. Man. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, that's just uh, the low of low. Just uh, you, that, that's something you listen to and cry when you have nobody to hang out with during the holidays. So the nice thing is, I, I we used to play that on the station I was just talking about down in Marion, but I don't think I've heard that song played anywhere else. I think people have pretty much gotten the hint that this is indeed a terrible song to play during the holidays. Alright, number six will get me some hell. Happy Christmas, war is over from John Lennon. But 
but it's about peace. That's not just about that. It's you know, and look what you've done. And basically, it's a, it's a song about shaming, you know. And John Lennon can't turn the politics off for this song. It's it's pretty bad. And by the way, I, I found out something very interesting about this song too. Uh, that noise in the background it sounds like a screeching cat. Uh, that's actually Yoko. Who knew? Okay. Uh, speaking of cats, numbers. Well, it's kind of like a cat. <laughs> number five yeah number five yeah did we yeah we're at number five now barking dogs jingle bells <laughs> or you know, it could be meowing cats basically it, you know it's the novelty of taking animal noises and thinking that it's cute to listen to ad nauseum uh no no it's not number four i believe in father christmas by greg lake Fun fact, uh, when I was down in Kokomo, and I was uh, programming a station, a rock station down there, at Christmas time, I would sneak in some Christmas songs, obviously. You know, not, not all the time, but basically, you know, pepper them out uh, throughout the, the, the day. That was the one song I didn't put in. Uh, somebody was like, oh, man, I like that song. You should play it. I hate that song. It's so depressing, and it doesn't rock. It's really slow and mellow, and, like, it just... Anytime I would hear that, you know, down in Indy, I would change the station immediately. So, um, number four, Greg Lake from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and that crappy song. Uh, Elmo and Patsy come in at number three with Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. When uh, she's walking home from our house Christmas Eve, another kitschy, gimmicky song um, that... That just doesn't really go well for me. I mean, basically, you're celebrating Grandma getting trampled by by a piece of venison, and that it was all right. So you may say you know, there's not such thing as Santa, but it's for me and the reindeer. We believe, or something like that. No, not a fan. Not a fan of that song. Um, number two. Oh, this song's terrible. But number one is worse. Number two, Band Aid which is basically every artist from the 80s. Do they know it's Christmas? Uh, it was a benefit for Africa. Basically, uh, it's the uh, the uh, rock stars and celebrity songs uh, from the 80s. There's like a bunch of them, but this one stands out because they're supposed to, you know, uh, feed the world. And so everybody gets together, they sing, they raise all this money, they give it to charity, and only a fraction, if that, goes to the people that need to eat. But I always recall that one moment in the song where you know they're talking about starving kids and Bono chimes in thank god tonight it's them instead of you or something like that and it's like nobody in the right mind prays to god that in, in, in jesus thank god that i'm not in africa starving like <laughs> like Bono's supposed to be like the christian guy right and he's singing that what a piece of poop Alright, uh, number one, the laziest Christmas song of all time. And I say this because I know the dude has written better. Much better. Because he was a member of one of the biggest bands on the planet, the Beatles. Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. Um, you remember that... Man, I keep talking like everybody saw in Living Color, but there was that time where they made fun of Tracy Chapman with Fast Car, you know, I... I drive a fast car, and then she was trying to come up with another hit, and it was, 
I ride fast song and she's just looking at random crap in her apartment that's what I feel like a, a wonderful Christmas time is it's basically Paul McCartney looking around his mansion yeah. moon is up we have each other that's enough and he's playing synthesizer which is one of the worst effing instruments of all time it's it just I cringy it doesn't sound like a Christmas song and he's put very little effort into that and I'm telling you that is much worse than anything anything Mariah Carey has ever crapped out but there you go that's uh, just kind of uh, the homework assignment I gave myself the 10 worst Christmas songs of all time and if you want to disagree you can you can uh, write in and all that stuff don't forget again coming up um, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice again but uh, coming up Saturday uh, part one of Year in Review with Rock and uh, Steve Ramazazzi as we sit down and talk about stuff. Until then, enjoy your holidays, Merry Christmas, and stay fresh. She's bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.